0: So we come to this time together where we're trying to figure out this year, what is it all about? What does it all mean? That's what we rabbis have to do every year, obviously, when we address you. We try to figure out what does it mean? What's it about? What do I have to say this year? So it turns out um, sometimes rabbis are kind of in sync and this year is one of those years. This year, most of my colleagues are talking about the same thing. A lot of them are talking about the same thing. I'm not gonna tell you what it is yet. <laughs> what I'm gonna tell you is that last year at Colnidre, um, I kind of left the rails of my notes. I do have extensive notes, just so you know. I do have a talk prepared. And I left the rails last Kol and just started preaching and what i preached about which so many people came up to me to say they appreciated is that i don't i don't get behind a lot of the metaphor a lot of the liturgy a lot of the images that we get from the rabbis from the traditional mahzor i don't get it i don't hang with that but the power of it continues to move me so what i talked about kol nidre last year was how i don't believe god is a king god is not a father in the sky with a beard god does not control everything that we do god does not make decisions that influence our lives in terms of picking out who's going to get cancer and who's going to die in a car wreck and who's not because it was so bothersome to so many people last year who came to see me before the chagim who said rabbi i just can't Do it this year. This image of the book of life and death. You're sealed. You're signed. I can't do it. And so I preached last year. I don't take any of it back. But then I realized, you know what? I didn't preach a lot about what I do appreciate. What I do find that works for me. So this year... I'm going to preach both today and tomorrow in response to myself last year. (laughs) This eats up more time than you know in my life and in my head and in my heart. Figuring out how to counter something that I truly believe, but I also need to add to and fill out more. So we are, I believe, those of us who are addicted to the news The media, guilty as charged. Ask anyone who works with me, they'll tell you. Like, the news is on all the time. Since COVID, since we could have several screens in COVID, the news is always on. I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's happening. Because what? I'm going to help control what unfolds from that? Okay, whatever. I forgive myself. Like, But we all in the ways that we're engaging with media, the ways that we're engaging with the conversation in our country right now. And I don't just mean our country. I was in Israel. The same thing is happening there. We know what's happening. You've heard me preach about it, about polarization, about the ways that we are marinating in meanness and criticism and competition. And the norms of speech have become so icky toxic so the rabbis understood that that's kind of who we are i believe it's been magnified in our time in a way that they could not have imagined but the rabbis who put together this liturgy the rabbis who put together um, from the torah what they could salvage from the ways the torah asked us to gather together and celebrate together what they did was they said you know what In our awareness that we are fragile and that we are finite, what we try to do is gain as much control as we can. And this makes us small. We grab and we grasp and we hold on tighter and tighter and our souls and our spirits constrict as our experience becomes smaller and smaller Jewish tradition says the only way to counter this, because it's always been part of human nature, it's always been who we are. Again, I believe it's magnified in our time. But the rabbis were human. They understood. They were human too. So they gave us a sermon. They gave us a service. They gave us a machzer. They gave us times. They gave us observances coming out of Torah. Out of the temple that was destroyed, out of that time, they salvaged what they could about how can we salvage ourselves? How can we salvage society? And they said the only way to do it, because we human beings are pretty hard and pretty cynical and pretty bored and pretty whatever, comp- competitive and all of those things. They understood that and they said the only way to counter that is with humility and gratitude and a softer heart. But how do you get there? How do you get to all that? We all know that's the cure. We all know that's where we have to go, but how do you get there? So they reconstructed these amazing experiences of Yom Kippur, of Sukkot, of times to look seriously at how we've gone astray and at how we can celebrate together as a community if we admit what we've done wrong and we can move fully into the festival that is Sukkot. But all of that starts with what they constructed is the Yamim Nora'im. They constructed Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur as this time with Torah. What is Rosh Hashanah in Torah? Do you remember? Rosh Hashanah in Torah doesn't exist. It's the seventh month. This is the seventh month in Torah. On the first day of the month, you will blow shofar. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month. This is the seventh month, it's not even the new year. But the rabbis were exposed to Babylonia. And in Babylonia, that was the new year in the fall. So the rabbis say, you know, we got something going on in the fall. We have this amazing Yom Kippur thing. And this amazing Sukkot thing. And we have this amazing blowing of the shofar day. Let's put those together and figure out how we can get to Sukkot in a way that makes us free, that makes us better, that makes us a community. Well, how do you do that? The way the rabbis taught it, yamim noraim. You start with meat tenderizer. Your heart is meat. And if you grew up in a Jewish household, like I did, a traditional Jewish household with my grandparents, like everything was meat. Heart, liver, brains, all of it. The heart is meat. And we need to tenderize it. Because that's the only way we get to be better people. The rabbis knew that. They used yamim noraim. What does that mean? Days of awe. Mm, Days of awe. Because they understood that awe was the only way that you actually start to change your attitude your position your way of approaching everything in life the days of awe because awe is what contradicts cynicism ennui, boredom judgment competition when we return to that soft place in the heart of awe and wonder have y'all seen a dog smell something new in the yard that they didn't smell yesterday? Have you seen a child discover something they hadn't seen before? One time I was rushing out of my house, I was rushing so hard because I had so many important things to do as a rabbi. As a leader of a community, my daughter was four. I'm rushing us out of the house. I'm dragging myself behind me. I'm dragging her with me. And I'm trying to get to the car. And I'm trying to be at work on time and drop her off on time. And she's on the driveway, like just down on the driveway. And I'm like, what is happening right now? You know we have to go. And she has seen a caterpillar for the first time mommy what's that 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 is what the rabbis want us to go back to because guess what did my rushing to get her there on time and me on time and blah 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 did any of that matter when my child was confronting a caterpillar for the first time no we're so important we have so much important stuff to do but when you open to w- write caterpillar and let me tell you sweetie it doesn't end with caterpillar let me tell you what's going to happen to that caterpillar if it's lucky oh wonder the softening of the heart the return to oh my god we're here look at y'all y'all got here you found the parking you found your ticket on your thing you somehow got past security and you're here we're here the return to isn't that wonderful that so many of you showed up so many of you chose to be here tonight how wonderful ah wonder that is what softens us say the rabbis at hartman i had the great good fortune to study with uh Deborah Lipstadt, who was now Ambassador Lipstadt, Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. She is an expert in anti-Semitism, and she said she was teaching this uh, very, very, very intro to Judaism class. And she looks down because she's pacing in front of the students in the front row, and she looks down at somebody who, when she was teaching about the High Holidays, wrote down Deborah. Lipstadt says this is about the days d-a-z-e of ah a h h h h the days of ah and she said at first she was like was super frustrated he obviously did not do the reading because he didn't see days of all oh, like, but then she's like you know what he actually got it right because actually he listened to my teaching And what my teaching was saying, he really got what the rabbis wanted, which is that we should be approaching things in a daze, D-A-Z-E, of wow, of wow. Really? We're here? We have the opportunity to see this, to smell this, to be a part of this? Really? Ah. That is the way we're supposed to come into this new year. Abraham Joshua Heschel, in God in Search of Man, says, awe is more than an emotion. It is a way of understanding. Awe is a way of being in rapport with the mystery of all reality. The meaning of awe is to realize that life takes place under wide horizons. Horizons that range beyond the span of an individual life or even the life of a nation, a generation, or an era. Awe enables us to perceive in the world intimations of the divine, to sense in small things the beginning of infinite significance, to sense the ultimate in the simple, to feel in the rush of the passing the stillness of the eternal. Awe is the sense of wonder and humility inspired by this sublime Or felt in the presence of mystery. Awe is the acquisition of insights. Which the world holds in store for us. These days of awe. That's what they're about. Is to cultivate a sense of wonder. To return to that state. That state where children. And four-legged companions that we have get it so much more clearly that, oh my gosh, we're in a car and the trees just keep flying by and the windows open and I smell so much stuff. Like they get it. We are so convinced that we're so sophisticated and so productive and so powerful and so important that we harden our response to the mystery, to the miraculousness, That we're here that we're alive that we're together and that we as a jewish people are here how many years later how many times every jewish holiday they tried to kill us we survived let's eat (laughs) if we cultivated awe and wonder more regularly the rabbis believe every human psychiatrist psychologist knows Every piece of science tells us that when we cultivate awe and wonder, we immediately go to gratitude. We go to a softer place. We have compassion for other people. I believe right now the stakes couldn't be higher for us getting to that place because we are ready to cancel each other like that. We are ready to alienate each other. We are ready To hate each other, to be angry, to be dug in, to be hard, because that makes us tough and strong and right. The rabbis say, yeah, that's great. Where's that going to get us? They knew that. In their deep wisdom, they knew that. So they give us these yamim no ra'im and they give us practices. So over the next 26 hours, I invite you to lean in. I said last year about what I didn't love about the maqsur and about whatever is represented there. I, I, and I own all of that still. And I want to offer that they also have deep ways for us to lean into building hearts of compassion The meat tenderizer of fasting, no food, no water, 26 hours. That's not going to feel good. You're okay now. I'm going to check in with you again at like 4.15 tomorrow afternoon. It's not going to feel good. That's what they want from us. It softens us. Being in services all day the whole day and you're gonna stand a lot during services. It's gonna hurt, that's what they want. Yeah, stand up, pay attention. For this amount, just a short amount of time, it feels really long, I know, but it's a short amount of time. Wearing white, for me wearing this, makes me feel like, okay, maybe I can be bigger and better than who I see myself as the rest of the year wearing this I feel like your servant I know Chaim feels the same way as he wears the Atara of his father his beloved father that he only wears at the High Holidays we feel different when we dress different confessing out loud together the ways we are just blowing it the ways we're getting it wrong as a society, as a country, as a world community, the ways we're just missing the mark. We want to do well. We want to do right. Everyone in our tradition, every wise person in our tradition knows that, says that. We want to do it right. But we're just blowing it. How to, how to lean into that confession as a community. To refrain from fulfilling our physical needs and desires as they pull on us tonight and tomorrow morning no coffee oh my god you have to take your medication you have to swallow enough to take your medication do you hear me like that's the rabbi's orders also we, we can't risk our lives but we have to push on how comfortable we are most of the time because so many in this world are not So tonight and tomorrow, we get in touch with those folks who cannot feed their children, who go to sleep hungry every other night, three nights a week in our country. Kids go to bed hungry. So we get in touch with that. The rabbis are asking us, dig in. I invite you if you don't like the metaphors that I talked about last time which I don't either King father whatever fine but for the rabbis that's what invoked the most awe was the most powerful image they had was King we don't have that anymore thank God so then fill in the blanks you don't just get to quit anything that moves you there's so many suggestions in our prayer book that are below the line. I invite you to lean into them. So some of the metaphors that do work for me to cultivate the sense of awe. Oh, God is ocean and we're just waves. Where are the waves? No one asks when a wave crashes on the shore, what happened to the wave? What happened? It was here and then it's gone. Where'd it go? No one asks that. The wave crashes and what do you say about it? It went back to being ocean. Can we think about that? About our own lives and our own existence existence and the people we love. God is the mystery at the heart of reality. God is compassion. God is the power that makes for life. God is the cosmic glue that connects everything to each other. The united unity of everything. What if we can... Think bigger about images that might bring us to awe and wonder and compassion. That's why we have a new machzor. It's why we write new stuff. It's why there's stuff below the line. So I ask you, the next 26 hours, let your eye drift below the line. Just kind of flip through the machzor. See what you find there. Really take in the power that you're with a bunch of other Jews that you may know, you may not know. It doesn't really matter. We're one people. How awesome is that? That we do this, we subject ourselves to this over and over and over to be better, to contribute to a better world. The miracle of Hebrew, dead for 2,000 years, alive now. Unbelievable. Dead and now alive. And uh, in one diary study, many people wrote that music brought them moments of awe and stirred them to consider their place in the great scheme of life. When we listen to music that moves us, when we listen to music that moves us, dopaminergic pathways, circuitry in the brain associated with reward and pleasure are activated, which open the mind to wonder and exploration say scientists who have studied this. So I invite you, just close your eyes. Just listen to the incredibly beautiful music written for these High Holy Days offered by our beloved and gifted Chazan, by our choir who spends their time and energy coming to practice over and over how to bring this to you and make it beautiful for you, Galina who leads them with her hand in the back when Amy Levine isn't able to be here. And we're so glad she's back with us. We're going to hear Jeff Kaz later. Just close your eyes. Just take in the music. Take in the Hebrew. You don't have to know what it's saying. Just let it move you, this ancient connection to our people. When your belly rumbles and your feet hurt, And your blood sugar is dropping out. Good. Good. That is the tenderizer of the hearts. Let us wake up our hearts. That is the intention of the rabbis for giving us these nam yamim nora'im. I'll close with Anne Lamott, one of my favorite theologians. From Hallelujah, anyway. The prophet Micha says to do justice. Follow the rules. Do what you're supposed to do. But to love mercy. Love the warmth within us. That flow of generosity. Love mercy. Accept the acceptance. Receive the forgiveness whenever we can. For as long as we can. Then pass it on. We are bread to be served to the poor and the hungry. And sometimes... It is we who need the bread. To give it or receive it, we move out of our shells and personas, scooching toward the real. The real is hard, time consuming, and badly lit. I much prefer fantasy. By the same token, change is hard. We like the familiar, we're self centered, and we have a lot of fear, equal fear. Of love and death. Welcome to the monkey house, as Vonnegut wrote. We like breakthroughs, while the changes toward evolution and greater humanity are incremental. We don't want to grow. It hurts. And yet we do. Bravely and scared, bit by bit, we tell it. It hangs in the air with its amazingness. We begin to cooperate with kindness and we remember the good we've seen in our lives. We soften ever so slightly with one to two percent willingness and I'll be damned if that isn't enough. Let it be enough for us. Chag Sameach. A good juntif.